Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Oh, and yes, it's always great when we're feeling healthy and sexy, but what about those times when we are not? In fact, those times when we feel just the opposite, times when we're going through heartache, heartbreak, Now, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one who's had my heart broken to little itty-bitty pieces more than once. In fact, I've lost count, maybe, because back in the early days, I knew nothing about love. I knew nothing about healthy relationships. I knew nothing about really choosing someone for myself. So if you have lingering resentment or anger or lack of forgiveness, if you have a lingering question about what you did wrong, then you're going to really get a lot out of tonight's show because we'll be talking about healing from heartbreak. And because we're doing this show today just so soon after so many people have been through the worst kind of heartbreak, which is losing a loved one or being injured in the tragedy in Las Vegas, we want to also remember that heartache and heartbreak can come in that form. And it's probably the most devastating kind of heartbreak. And we want to send our love and our light out to all those who've suffered. And our guest tonight is an expert, and she says she's had her own share of heartache and heartbreak. So we're going to start off just letting you know that here at Modern Love Radio, we cherish the opportunity to help you grow in your love life. You don't have to be ignorant the way that I was when I started out in love or even feel alone the way that so many of us feel because we never get training on how to have a great love life. We never actually learn the steps to healthy love, and we specialize in all of that here. It doesn't matter whether you are a young whippersnapper or a wise person or whether you're LGBTQ or straight or black or white or any other ethnicity or religion. Our programs are for everyone. We welcome everyone. We do a live training once a month. We have the True Love, True Prosperity Mastermind Program And that training is a weekly training and includes the once a month and all kinds of special perks and information and special guests. And if you're curious about those programs and what we do, please check us out at our website, drbrendawade.com. Follow us on social media. Also, Dr. Brenda Wade on every single one of those social media platforms. But let's get right into, oh, let me tell you this, mark your calendar. We do have an upcoming training on the first 
Saturday of November, and it is all about casting a spell to create the love and the prosperity that you want and need and deserve in your life. So right now we're going to get into our very first Ask Dr. Brenda question. And this is, you know, I love getting your questions, you guys. So let me just say this. This is my favorite part, I think, uh, every night when we open the show. And when we turn to our guest, you're going to get to ask her questions as well. But we do want uh, everyone, hold on one second, because I am going to give you some special information here. Just a second. I'm having trouble opening my email. Here's the question. Dear Dr. Brenda, my mother is suffering from Alzheimer's, and her personality has changed greatly. Mother has gone from being a conscientious and polite person to losing the checks and balances that prevent her from saying whatever comes to her mind. Specifically, my mother can be unpredictable in restaurants. No matter what we say to her, she doesn't understand that this behavior isn't acceptable. What do we say to people in a situation like this that will help them understand? I am mourning in San Rafael. Well, you know what? Mourning in San Rafael, I feel your pain. I've been on the same journey with my mother. And what you say to people is, Mom is doing the best she can right now. She's ill, and you just move on. The person you need to focus on is your mom, not worrying about what other people think. Because in this day and age, so many are on the same journey you're on, and I think everyone understands. One of the things that is also clear is you probably need to make sure that you have your mom positioned so that she is as comfortable as possible and maybe not in the middle of a crowded restaurant where there might be, um, shall we say, more chance of her disturbing others. All right. People often don't know what to do to recover from grief, whether it's the grief and pain of what happened in Las Vegas or your personal grief and pain with the illness of someone like San Rafael's mother, It's very hard. It's very sad. It's like an ongoing loss when your parents are on that journey. And I used to call my sister when I left a visit with my mom just so that I could get some support, and we had an agreement. We'd call each other and talk about how we felt. But our wonderful guest tonight is Aurora Winter, who's the founder of the Grief Coach Academy. She says time alone does not heal the right action are actually what heal us after grief. She's a former film and TV executive producer who says the best way to comfort someone who's heartbroken over all they've lost is to listen without attempting to fix their problems. And tonight she's going to share some tools with us, such as the best things to say, phrases you should never, ever utter to someone who's in mourning, things like, don't feel bad, It must be God's will. Oh, my God, I like to choke people who've said that to me. Excuse me for saying that. You know what a loving person I am. And it's also true that Aurora is someone who, in her own right, knows about grief and loss. She's the author of From Heartbreak to Happiness. It's an intimate diary. 
of healing, and she shares the process of healing after her husband died suddenly at the young age of 33, leading her widowed with a four-year-old. Time Magazine reports that it typically takes five to eight years to recover from a heartbreaking loss, and it's Aurora's vision to change that and maybe lessen the time that it takes to recover. So welcome to the show, Aurora Winter. So happy to have you with us. Oh, so great to be here with you, Dr. Brenda. I mean, after on the heels of what happened with Las Vegas, my gosh, what a horror. What a tragedy. I think that so many people are mourning because of that. And my mother passed recently, so my heart goes out to you as well as the, the mourning in San Rafael for the challenges of dealing with an ill parent. Yes, and we have people still in Puerto Rico, in Houston, people in Syria. We have people all over the world experience heartbreak. And because I know a lot of our listeners listen via our uh, archived blog later, we want you to know we are aware of you. Uh, The women that I visited in a refugee camp in Italy, I haven't forgotten you, my friends, the things that you've been through as well, escaping from uh, the western part of the African continent because of the horrors there. So heartbreak, heartache can be very personal. It can be global. Mm -hmm. It can be something like the terrible incidents in Vegas, or it can be a natural disaster. So for you... Yeah, or it can just be everyday things like your parents getting ill or your dog dying, I think, you know, it, it, it is what unites us, I, I believe, you know, in our mourning, that's, you know, when we are driven to our knees, you know, that's when, uh, for myself, you know, I connected with spirit, I connected with God, I connect with other people, you know, when everything's going fine, you can be proud and you can think, I've got it all together. Right, when, exactly. Uh, horrible things happen, that's when we reach out to other people. You reach out to your sister after visiting with your mom, and I think it's so great to be connected, and it that's is. one of the and keys. And with you, for your own grieving, when you went through the process of losing your husband at such a young age, uh-huh. you know, how did you get through that? Because that that is the number one. You know, you win you win the prize, the yeah. number one thing at the top of the life stress unit scale, the most difficult experience we can go through where you get the highest points is a loss of spouse. And those of you who don't know about the life stress unit scales, it's a scale that was designed at the University of Washington, my alma mater, so I have to mention it, um, (laughs) to measure the level of stress that life incidents can create because these can be predictors of illness predictors of even accidents or things that, uh, you know, can happen because our brains are impacted by the loss. And Aurora, very sadly, you did go through the thing at the very top of the scale. Now, how did you come through that? Yeah, it was certainly, I felt like Humpty Dumpty. I felt I had, I thought a perfect life. I had a healthy husband, a beautiful four-year-old son. My husband and I you know, had built a multi-million dollar business. I was in the film business, like met Mel Gibson, Goldie Hawn, went, you know, it was in a movie and my screenplay was picked up and then bam, my husband died right in front of me. It was like so unexpected. It was like completely like a car accident out of left field. I felt like Humpty Dumpty. I felt like my life had 
you know, just been smashed into thousands of pieces. Mm. And I didn't know if I could ever put those pieces back together again. And even at some points, I didn't even know if I cared to. But then, you know, I had a four-year-old son, and he trusted me to take care of him. So I had to put the pieces of my life back together again. So I kind of super glued them, you know, hoping nobody would see the cracks. Uh-huh. And eventually I really, um, I, you know, for a decade I studied heartbreak, I studied grief, I studied stress. As you mentioned, you know, that loss of a spouse um, is very high on the stress scale. But you can also study happiness. Like how can I get my, first, how could I get myself out of it? And then how could I help others? So really well, I devoted over, a, over a decade to that. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. And just for a moment, I wonder if you could say a little more about your first steps. You said you didn't know if you could or even wanted to put those pieces Uh back together. What were the first steps that you took in that process of putting pieces back together? Because I know we have people tuning in who have been through what happened in Las Vegas. I shared a text message today with a friend of mine whose mom lives in Las Vegas, and she said everybody knows somebody who was there or who was injured, or many people know some of the victims who passed because of this, who were killed. So what would the first steps be? The first steps for me were just telling myself the truth. I vented in my journal, which later became my book, From Heartbreak to Happiness, but telling the truth was actually quite difficult. I mean, my, my four-year-old son would crawl, the, the day that his father died, he crawled on my lap and said, you know, when is daddy coming home? And I'm like, daddy's not coming home. And again and again, he would ask me, when is daddy coming home? Finally, I had to spit out, you know, daddy's not coming home. He's dead. It was so hard to say yeah. he's dead because it was so, so horrible and it was so final. But telling my son the truth, was the beginning of both of us healing because denial or avoiding is not helpful. Confronting and looking head on into what the reality is, is helpful. So, and then I asked other people for help. You know, my mom was a great support to me. I, you know, went to church. I asked for help. So I think those are two easy steps. So and support for those who are not, is really crucial, oh, really, so really crucial. Key. I know that you also, because I really have looked at your book, and you also say that expressing your feelings is important. In fact, you say unexpressed feelings are like food poisoning. So you yeah, don't keep the poison inside. If you express your feelings, you get to release them. But I do want to say something about denial. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes... We have to take a minute to get our feet under us. And denial sometimes cushions that very, very fragile time after a very tragic and very sudden loss. It gives us time to gather our resources and get used to it. And it's one of the things that, you know, in the field of of psychology, sometimes we say, you know, it's okay. You don't have to accept this today. You'll accept it when you're ready to accept it. If somebody gets stuck in denial, obviously that's not what we want either, as you just said, Aurora. But for those who, you know, went through Las Vegas two days ago, take your time. Oh, It might take some time for you to get your arms around it. Yeah, and it's like you're eating an elephant, so baby bites. Don't try to eat the whole elephant Mm. 
all at once. Just be, and be kind to yourself. Listen to yourself without trying to fix. And right. ask and other people for, for what you need. If you just need, could you please just listen to me for 10 minutes? Could you give me a hug? Like ask for what you actually want. Don't expect people to guess that you need a hot meal or you need a hug. They don't know. So right. that would be a simple thing to do at the very beginning. And please notice that isolation is not the answer. We often want to isolate when we feel wounded and we don't, I want other people to see our, you know, raccoon eyes of our mascara all over the place. We don't want other people to see us falling apart and um, isolation prolongs grief. So find yeah. somebody that you trust, listen to the show. The show is very helpful and connect yeah, one of the things about that business of we don't want to fall apart, and this is one of the huge illnesses, and I will just call it that because I think it is so uh, against what human beings need. We have this illness of wanting to look good. In fact, yeah. I remember uh, talking once to John Bradshaw about this, and John said, you know, we, this is the biggest addiction, he said, on the yeah. planet today is the need to look good for other people. So if you're grieving, if you've gone through a tragic loss or something as horrible as what just happened in Las Vegas or the storms, you know, my family went through Katrina. It took years before my family members could really get their arms around all the losses of Katrina and the people who died later, all of that. The heck with trying to look good, this is where you let it all hang out and you just get down to the messy, dirty business of being a mere human being because all of yeah. us at some point in our lives are going to have something to grieve. That's why this show all is so us. important and we wanted to all do this with Aurora. It's, it's just part of life, guys. And if you think you have to look good... You're going to get stuck, as Aurora said a minute ago. You're going to get stuck in the grief. And, you know, grief, uh, prolonged grief, can prematurely age yourself by a decade. You, I'm sure you oh know that. Oh, my God. See, all you know, the more it's reason, like huge. Aurora, yeah. all the more reason to deal with it. We do not want to age ourselves prematurely. Come on, people. <laughs> Let's get some vanity out here. Yeah. The other thing I think that's a, a good thing to do at the very beginning is just ask how empowering questions rather than disempowering questions. So I ask myself disempowering questions like, why me? Why did you do this to me, God? I took it personally that my husband had died. I thought I had failed in some way or God wouldn't be punishing me. But I thought my son is innocent. Like, why would you punish my son? And I took my husband's death so personally, and that really made me look for how I had failed as a wife, as a person, as a human being. And guilt is a flypaper that keeps us stuck in grief. And because I was asking the wrong question, why did I do this? Why did you do this to me, God? I was looking for why I deserved to be punished. Well, a better question is, how can I get out of this? How can I uh, gradually, you know, work my way back to happiness? Right. How can I because be a good it's a mom? Process. How can I help others? It's yeah, a process. it's a process. There is no mm-hmm. button. There's no pill <laughs> that anybody can take who's grieving. And it's really important, Aurora, what you're saying is crucial, that you accept 
you're in a process. And, yeah. you know, I give people little affirmations and mnemonics to remember when they're going through difficult times, and especially something as difficult as the sudden loss you went through or the people in Las Vegas and their family members and friends are going through, and people who just live there. I just say each day, each day in every way, I am healing step by step. Each day in every way, I am healing step by step. And Aurora is sharing Mm. some of those steps. So I want you, if you or someone you know is going through a very difficult time, I want you to just take a minute and maybe write down some of the Mm. things that we are covering in tonight's show because it's very, very important that you share these steps. You may be the one who's called on. So expressing Mm -hmm. the feelings is number one, getting support, number two, accept your feelings and the situation. And I know for you, Aurora, that was one of the hardest things when you were saying you were questioning why (laughs) me, God, it's hard to get to acceptance. It It was really hard to get to acceptance. Actually, I had a dream um, after my husband died that really changed my life. And it had some empowering questions that the uh, listeners may benefit from. So two years after my husband died on the second anniversary of his death, I still didn't feel better. And I'm like, no, this can't go on forever, this grief. But I had this dream, and it changed my life. And in the dream, my husband came to me. He met me at the airport, and he asked me three questions. And the first one was, you know, would you still marry me? And I'm like, yeah, I'd still marry you in spite of the fact that you died. You're a great husband. We had some great times together. And then his second question was, you know, well, would you still have our son? I'm like, absolutely. He's the light of my life. He's my joy and my blessing. I wouldn't give my son away for anything. And then he asked the third question, and this is the one that really changed my life. He said, well, given those two answers, that you'd still marry me, that you'd still have our son, would you want to know in advance that I would die young? And in the dream, it's like I'm sure I gasped in bed, and I searched my heart, and I found the answer was no. I wouldn't want to taint the joy that we did have with dread. And I hope that, you know, this dream has changed many people to asking the similar questions in their own case. And that helps to shift to being grateful for the time that I had with my husband and hopefully the time that others had with their loved ones. In fact, that that dream is in the latest uh, version of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book, their latest uh, their latest uh, one that just came out in September about Good dreams and premonitions. I'm so happy that you had the dream and that you listened. And Jack Canfield mm-hmm. does an amazing job with bringing this kind of wisdom to people so it's wonderful that you've connected and are in Uh that in that book as well because you know what you're pointing to here and everyone who's part of our community knows that there is something beyond our everyday human experience and i find it extremely helpful and comforting to know that you know i had a spiritual teacher and I was uh-huh. sitting with her as she was uh, in the process of dying. Her sons and I were uh-huh. sitting with her. And I was sitting there, and it was very close to the time she was 
about to pass away, and she opened her eyes at one point, and she looked at me. And she said, now remember, when I get to the other side, I can meddle more. <laughs> and, I love her. Yeah, she, she had a wicked sense of humor, and I said, you know what? When you get there, I give you carte blanche. You meddle as much as you want and as much as I need because I may not even know when I need meddling. You just get in there and meddle. She gave me a little smile and nodded her head and closed her eyes, and I think those were the last words that we got to speak together. So I always remember that. So your husband came in the dream, and he meddled. So he, metal, those, he he totally like that. That was not it, like I'm sure that was from the other side because I those thoughts were not in my brain. I was like, what? Yeah, you know. Yeah, he, he was there, helping. Like, so, for totally for those helped. of you who can accept mm-hmm. the idea that the soul leaves the body and we have the body, but the soul goes on to whatever other experience, and if that doesn't work for you and you have a different belief system, that's okay. You can still follow the other steps. But if this works for you, then one of the things you can do is actually help. I worked with a young man whose partner passed away, and his partner used to, uh, he had a beautiful collection of Barbie dolls. And uh, very sadly, this young man who was uh, actually a good friend of mine told his partner now, when I get to the other side, if I'm okay, I'll send you a red Barbie doll heel one of the high heels from his Barbie collection. And Mm -hmm. about six months after his partner passed away, uh, the other partner was cleaning the apartment or doing something, and all of a sudden a red Barbie doll heel fell out of the cushion. Oh, wow. Because his partner had been meticulous about taking care of his Barbies. It would never have been a Barbie heel floating around. He would always have had both the shoes and all the other costume items, because he was a costume designer, in their boxes. And when he got the red Barbie heel, he sat down and cried and said, thank you for letting me know that you're okay. Well, you mentioned, sorry, I I was just curious about you were there when your spiritual teacher was very close to passing. And I was there when my mom passed, and I had quite an experience as she passed. And I'm curious if you were there when your spiritual teacher died or another person. And with my mother when she passed, yes. Yeah? Yes. My experience was like, wow, it was uh, evidence that, oh, yes, there's definitely a soul and definitely going to the other side. She hadn't been talking. She hadn't been moving. She hasn't been able to move very well. And just before she passed, she suddenly moved her eyes and she was looking just at the foot of her bed as if somebody was standing there so much so that I even looked to see if somebody was standing there. And then I looked back at my mom and I'm like, mom, what are you looking at? And I looked back at where she's looking at. I couldn't see anything. And then, you know, this look came on her face of kind of awe. And then she went to the other side and it was like, somebody was there. Yeah. Jesus or somebody was there. And I was like, Oh, I saw it. I saw her passing. And it was, um, to me, proof that there is another side. And, and that so if you can immortal. accept that idea, hold on to that and work with that mm. idea and ask your loved one who has passed away for a sign or for help. You can certainly turn to spiritual sources, whatever 
spiritual path you follow. And even if you have no path, I will tell you, just sitting in quiet meditation in a place of natural beauty near the ocean or waterfall or stream, the movement of water is extremely soothing to the nervous system, and it puts Uh us in that state of awareness that we call the theta state, from alpha, beta, delta, theta to theta waves, where you have a chance to just be in the stillness when your mind is quiet. And just let whatever floats to the surface come. That can be a deep, refreshing experience, and you might just get a message. Now, we're getting uh-huh. close to the end of our time. I can't believe how fast the time is going, Aurora. So <laughs> one of the things that you also encourage is to just accept. Accept your feelings and accept the situation, and that's part of what you got from this communication uh-huh. in the dream, in, in the dream Absolutely. from your husband. Now, one of the other things is to let go of the hope for a better yesterday. Talk about <laughs> right. that. I know. I think so many people get stuck looking at the past and the woulda, coulda, shoulda, that it should have been different. And they're pushing against the past, but the past is never going to change. And so one of the things that is disempowering is to always be in the past. You're going to feel disempowered and resentful and alone. Exactly. And only because we're up against the clock, I want to get to one of your final points. You mentioned this earlier, and it's so important, and we can't leave people without you saying just something very quickly about the importance of helping others. It is so important to help others. That's what we do at the Grief Coach Academy is we help people go from heartbreak to happiness. People can go to griefcoachacademy.com. They can get free videos, what to say, what not to say, the grief wheel, how to see how your life is out of balance, how to help others, how to help yourself. And it can really speed your journey because we only have so much time on this. That's right. Now, Aurora, I want want to leave everyone with your website. The website is dot griefcoachacademy.com there are many many resources there that aurora has made available and out of your own deep deep experience and loss you have done the most powerful thing of all you are helping others and i want to thank you so much aurora winter for being with us tonight a big thank you to our executive producer, oh, Green. Thank you, dear. And also a big thank you to our associate producer, Cliff Dunning. Coming up next week, October 10th, Debbie Silber talks about conquering your inner saboteur, mm-hmm, that part of you that sabotages you. All right, everyone, until then, modern lovers, sending out big waves of love to all of you and especially to those who during this time that is so tumultuous on our planet and in our country, sending you a lot of love and comfort. Good night, everyone.